Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. We have psychic medium Stephanie Burke. And also joining us tonight we have sitting in special guest co-host. You know him, you love him. Scott Porter is here with us. Porter, how are you? Doing well, and yourself? Uh, doing pretty well. We're, we're going to need you to just talk really loud into that microphone because it's not as good as, as the other yeah, ones move here. Move it up as close as you can. We, there we, we go. How's that? That's great. All right. We gave you the bad mic. It's okay. I'm loud, so I'll be. I can. I can be loud here. I don't. I don't know why we gave you the bad mic, but we I did. Don't know. No one wants to hear me. So, oh, I think people do, especially with tonight's topic uh, that we'll be discussing. Uh, for those of you who have been tuning in for the show for the last few weeks, yes, we've all been sick. It's been going around. Um, I've already warned everybody if they need to cough or sniff or anything to just give me the sign, Listen, and I'll pop them down. There's going to be so many signs. We should just do away with the sign. It's, uh, you know, it, it, when the studio gets redesigned and everybody has their own cough button, you'll have full control. But for <laughs> now, I kind of have to do the work. Everybody's saying we have no sound. No, uh, that's nothing that I'm doing. Matt will figure that out. And uh, see, there we go. We're all golfing. I just suppressed mine. I know. But uh, that's what happens this time of year in New England is everybody gets sick, especially when people are out of the New England element mm -hmm. and then come back into the New England element, which is uh, what Stephanie and Porter have been doing over the, the last few weeks. Yes. And this episode this week will be uh, focusing on some of your adventures that you've been having lately. We'll be joined in just a little bit by, I want to make sure I say it right, Lopaka Kapanui. Yep. Hey, see, I should be in radio. <laughs> and uh, he will join us to talk about not only some Hawaiian legends and lore, but also you guys have had something pretty profound that has happened to you in association with your trip out there. It has been by far the craziest situation of my life. Um, <clears throat> take a break and talk. I will. Go ahead. Okay, great. So, <laughs> He's furiously writing notes. He is, just, but I haven't written anything. So we're just I think we just need to do it organic and raw. We because, can do it organic and raw. Honest to God, I've been telling this story now for, since we got back. So yes. we've been back for almost a month. And everybody that I've spoken to about it, their reaction has been insane. There have been times where I've questioned my own sanity, uh, even as recently as two days ago. And yes, it's been wild. And this is, honest to God, as a psychic and a medium... And yes, those are two separate things. And the way that I've communicated, the places that I've been all over the world, I have never been hit this hard. I have never been rocked to the core as hard as I have with this particular scenario since I stepped foot on Hawaii, but it's also continued since I've been home. This is like beyond anything paranormal. This is beyond anything that you could even think up. This is, it's insane. And some people might say, okay, well, it's happening to you because you're a psychic medium, but it's happening to Scott too. So, yes, it's crazy. Uh, that's that's the thing. I think well, that's what really you know sets it apart from any other type of interaction we've ever had. Is that it? It's not isolated to just one person. And then when we get into telling our stories, whether it be we first wake up in the morning and we're like, "Holy cow! Did what did you dream last night? Or what did you see last night? Or what you know? Or, or I'm listening to something that she's telling me that she saw, and and I experienced the same thing. Or a complimentary dream uh, or a complimentary vision, ever how you want to put it. But uh, the the parts that really get us are that we are we're, we're understanding things that we should have no understanding of. We know pieces of history that we should not have, not have any idea of it, and we think we're crazy. And we talk to Lopaka, and 
he he just smiles and says, well, that makes sense. You he's know. so funny. I call him Hawaiian Yoda. <laughs> he totally is. Um, and he's so relaxed. Like his two first responses to everything are interesting. Yes. Or he'll just laugh and then he has to take a minute to tell us. So it's been completely insane. I don't want to start telling the entire story without him on air because I right. just feel like that wouldn't even begin to make sense. Everybody that I've talked to about this, if I tell my side, um, it doesn't make sense without Porter's side of the story. And he's tried to tell his side and yeah. it doesn't make sense without mine. And well, then we need Lopaka to translate everything. I mean, I know I've, I've hung around with Stephanie quite a bit over the years, so I know that like by just by being around her, you'll kind of open yourself up to more, mm-hmm. you know, psychic experiences for yourself. But of course, you've been all over the place with her, and it, it sounds like nothing has hit you like this has. No, nothing like this. And and you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you start questioning your own sanity. You know, you're you're you know, what did somebody did somebody roof at me last night? You know, what what, what happened? <laughs> No, I wasn't questioning whether or not I get roofied. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is. It's one of those things that you, you, you hear about the connections that people have and you, and you know, the expansion of their, um, uh, their, their, their intuitiveness or whatever. But for me, this is, I, I don't even know how to explain it. There's no words to put to it. I just, we just have to tell the stories and, and then let people decide for themselves what it is. And uh, we will do that. We will tell the stories. And if anybody wants to call in during the show, 508-996-0500 is the number if you would like to do that. Uh, You can also join us in the chat room at SpookySouthCoast.com and on the Spooky South Coast YouTube channel. You can see us there. You can watch the show as it goes on. And, uh, you know, we tend to see most of the questions people type in there. But there's also a lot of conversation going back and forth uh, as well. So it's, it's a whole other added dimension to the show so feel free to jump into the chat room there on youtube even if you're you know sitting at home and listening to us on your phone through the spooky south coast app or through the wbsm app or however you listen to the show uh maybe on the paranormal radio app you can just open up youtube on your phone or maybe on your smart tv or maybe on your xfinity cable box or i think i think verizon has it on their cable box now too so however you can access smart tv however you access youtube you can actually watch the show and you can get involved with the discussion in the chat room. Although, I don't know how you would do that if you were on your TV. Some people have those fancy like remotes where they can right type on there. But I've heard of it. I some, don't do some it. Some people have the fancy ones they can talk to too. That's true. I tried watching a movie on I my do. TV today, and I had to like type in just my email address. And I was like, ugh. I don't know if I want to watch this movie that bad enough. <laughs> just to have to type in fifteen <laughs> letters for my email address. Awesome. But. Uh, However people want to enjoy the show, um, they can certainly do that, and we'll bring it to you in all different ways. Just want to let everybody know, too, <coughs> see, that's what happens when you can control the slider yourself. You can just pull it down <laughs> when you need to cough. Yeah, but then you have to take a break. But uh, tomorrow, if uh, anybody's around the South Coast area tomorrow, come on out to Berkeley. I'll be talking about Presidential Paranormal at the Berkeley Council on Aging. That'll be at 2 p.m. Now, uh, I don't want anybody to think like... I'm only going to be talking to the elderly. That's just this is the room where oh, they're holding it. Oh, that's not what it. that is. No, I'm just kidding. I do do some uh, lectures where I I will go and talk to like nursing homes and stuff. I'm not. I don't. I don't discriminate. There's I, no ageism here. I don't think anybody here. was wondering. I just I just assumed it was normal. I actually got asked by uh, one of the <laughs> libraries if I would come and just do something for elderly folks. 
I'm like, hey, whatever you need. Anybody that's willing to listen to me talk about paranormal stuff, I'm, I'm willing to go. But this is just being held in the Council on Aging, which is in the Berkeley Town Hall. So that's where you want to head if you're adding tomorrow. Uh, put in the address for the Berkeley Council on Aging, but it'll take you to the Berkeley Town Hall. It'll be at 2 p.m. talking presidential paranormal. And I just debuted this lecture uh, last week in Plymouth and had a great turnout at the Plymouth Library. And I think the lecture was well-received. I don't really remember because I was pretty <laughs> hopped up on like cold That's medicine awesome. and I was saying before we, we went on the air, like, you know that I'm sick if I'm using, uh, first of all, I was leaning on the podium. <clears throat> Second of all, I was reading from notes, which I never do. And I was uh, using a microphone, which, you know, I never use a microphone uh, when I'm presenting, but I had to. And I think uh, tomorrow I might have to, I'll definitely be using my notes tomorrow. <clears throat> because with covering paranormal, you know, presidential paranormal, there's a lot of quotes and lengthy quotes that are in there. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm quoting presidents right. But uh, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff from George Washington's ghost and Abraham Lincoln's psychic experiences to the secret space program under Eisenhower, the UFO experiences of uh, some of the more recent presidents. And did you know that there's a legend of one U.S. president that actually pardoned a vampire for having killed... I didn't Two know sailors <clears throat> just to, to feed himself. Well, whether or not it's true or not, you'll have to come tomorrow to find out. But, um, I mean, it's, man's got to eat, you know. There's some fascinating stuff. <laughs> that would be a great Haunted Towns episode it really to was. do Washington, D.C. You just couldn't get the access that you would need. Oh, my gosh. I would do anything to do that. That would be awesome. Could you imagine doing, like, the White House and Ford's Theater and oh. and the house across the street where Lincoln died? and. Well, you know, I mean, I do have an affection for Lincoln anyway. And, and he has... Oh, you, you do. Know, he's, he's spoken to us, I believe, or someone has told us about him, so... There is definitely that direct connection there. There is. We should uh, we should have you come back sometime, and we'll we'll get uh, the guest that we had on that talked about how Abraham Lincoln was the reincarnation... Uh, I'm sorry, Charles Lindbergh was the reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln. Ooh. Didn't really sound to me like it was possible. And then uh, he came on, he made a pretty interesting case. I don't really believe in reincarnation, mm-hmm. but... You know, you can kind of see a lot of the, the similarities between what he was saying. Right. And, you know, the psychic life of Abraham Lincoln is something that I've, I do a lecture on. Like, it's just, it's, it's fascinating all of these weird stories that are associated with him that he would, he'd be kind of the last guy that you would think <coughs> would have these stories associated with him. Right. But he was also a vampire slayer, too. Well, I've heard. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, we won't cover that tomorrow in Presidential Paranormal. But, uh, and, and then the other question that everybody asks me, is there anything about you know the current occupant? I actually got an email from one of the libraries. I won't I won't call it out, but it's a local South Coast library that I'm going to be giving this lecture at, and said we have some real concerns that you'll be talking about the current occupants of the White House. I said, well, of course I will be. How can I not? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, there's some people that are concerned about that. I'm like, yeah, all these ghosts though are still current occupants of the White House. You mean you mean the people that are living there now that got voted? No, I'm not going to talk about them. But yes, the ghosts that still live there, that's what I'm going to focus on. But I'm sure there'll be some Trump paranormal stories at some point. Oh, gotta be. I mean, he's very, he's not, he doesn't hold back when he talks about things. So at some point, somebody will ask him and he'll share whatever the experiences are that the family's been having there, if they've, if they've been having any. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that, uh, doesn't really hurt book sales for, uh, Joey Hellenin's book that he wrote with, uh, Donald Trump, if you've ever seen that book. What's it, uh, Donald Trump, Ghost Hunter, Believe Me, I Know Ghosts? <laughs> I know who wrote that. 
Yeah, Joey Hellman. Uh huh. Well, he was only the co. He was like co-author. Right, right. Donald right. Trump wrote it. Right. According to Joey. Hmm. So you can check that out on uh, on Amazon. It's uh, it's really good. So uh, we will again. We'll be joined by Lopaka in just a few moments. Again, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. If you have any questions during the show, you can also put them in the chat room. And you can do Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com if you prefer by email, or you can tweet them to us using the hashtag SpookyLive. And Matt, is, uh, is Super Chat a possibility for people tonight if they wanted to do it? Uh, yes. Okay, so you can do Super Chat if you want. And and and, uh, we, and we make the money tonight? Uh, yes. We I should probably turn my gun. Uh, we also have a... What? It's still not working. Oh, Wait. it's on the program. Okay, try now. Just kidding. Uh, there is a donate uh, link in the description if, if you prefer. Okay, so basically we found out, like, we like the Super Chat option. It's it's nice, but we also right. found out that YouTube, like... They they take a big chunk. They're, um... Which is fine for, like, little uh, donations, but if you want to make um, a donation for anything significant, it's it's kind of a... I mean, I guess we really can't complain because they give us this awesome platform to be able to put on the right. spooky TV option. But at the same time, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, How right. much do you really need, YouTube? They're still getting my $5 a month for uh, YouTube. What's it, YouTube Red? Are you paying for that? The, um, yeah, because I can't figure out how to cancel it. I can't. I, so I never. I never got it because I never <laughs> could figure out which one I want. Like, because they have like a million services. Right. Like I have YouTube a friend that Red, has YouTube, YouTube music, TV. YouTube TV. It's too much. Too much too soon. It's like trying to call Amazon help. I mean, they've got their hand in everything. Right. Yeah, just, I just don't. email uh, Jeff Bezos directly and just say. No, don't. Just, just say have that you seen have, what he sends just back? Say, just, say, <laughs> just say you have pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we had Lopaka on the line. Looks like he uh, he might have thought he called into the wrong show. Do you want to text him? Because I'm trying to screenshot my dreams right now. <laughs> he thought maybe well, maybe he called into uh, a. Lopaka, if you can hear us, call back. I don't so, know if uh, but yeah, so the super chat option is available if you would like to. Here he goes, calling in. So the super chat option is available if you would like to uh, do that, or you can donate directly to the show, or buy a t-shirt, or buy a t-shirt. We have uh, that, that helps out the show as well. The shop is open. The shop is uh, fully stocked <laughs> with T-shirts and book bags and uh, what else we have there? Cell phone covers and tablet bags and tote bags and stickers and the most important thing, the hoodies. I saw I saw the hoodie up in person. Did you? Yeah, Len had it on when he came. Was it to good? The, uh, yeah, it looks really good. Awesome. He says, says it's very comfortable. Cool. So uh, that's available. Uh, Lupaka hung up again. I don't know if he's having phone issues or if he... Just came... Just Listen. doesn't. I think it's more that I just keep rambling. All right. On. So how about we just not ramble? <coughs> okay. And then we'll just. Well, somebody has to fill the the time until he calls in. Well, well we can do that. Yeah, we can, we do, can that. do that. Yeah. We're trying to make sure that we have our dreams in order right now because this is going to get wild real fast. It is. And you have to promise to still be our friend when this is over. I mean, you did have like time knowing that this was coming <coughs> to get everything in order. All right. All right, we're bringing him on right now. So uh, let's uh, welcome into the show Lopaka Kapanui. And hello, sir. How are you? Oh, hey. Wait. How about I hit the phone button instead of the news button? There we go. Are you with us, sir? I'm here. How are you guys? Uh, we are doing quite well. Spooktacular, as we say here. And uh, I'm Tim, and uh, nice to virtually meet you. And Stephanie and, and Porter are both here. Hey, hey. How's it going? 
How are you, friend? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Good. How is your lovely wife? Is she with you? She's lovely and she's... <laughs> there she is. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't be the same without Tanya. Yeah, Tanya we, is like the glue that holds all of us together. Right. But we have to hear her yeah. yelling from the background because she does not like to be on camera. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my glad, goodness. This is not a, a video thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we try not to torture people. So yeah. Yeah. we're in the business of just the story, not necessarily the visual. So. Okay. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, I'm turning things over to you, Stephanie. Yeah, turn You're things the host over tonight. to me. So, oh, here we go. Oh, good. Well, I'm still trying to get all my dreams in order That's right, right now. Wing it like you told me. Well, I can, but now I'm into the really juicy stuff, so I really have to well, screenshot this. I mean, so I'm going to let you start. This is a public show, so we can't get too juicy. Well, yeah, so, Lopaka, we're going to leave some parts out. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll know which ones I'm talking about. Right, okay. Okay. <laughs> or if you if you need to describe in Hawaiian like you did before then that's fine because be nobody will understand that <laughs> i don't know we, we we had a lot of messages that came through after he described it in hawaiian and it was it was kind of funny it was it was fun <laughs> it, it was, was fun, fun. Yeah. so um, we um we began this journey actually i think about a year ago that yeah right, right last january and um we told everybody a little bit about um how we got in touch with you and how it was just so immediate after everybody had um been did you hear my stomach? Is that your stomach? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, sorry about that. The spirits are speaking. No, it's just that stomach. Be nice to me. <laughs> so, um, we we just created this instant bond with with Lopaka, and we just felt like it was for a reason. And literally for an entire year, we were supposed to go out there in July. It didn't end up happening. Mm-hmm. We ended up going out in January. But for an entire year, I kept saying something much larger than myself is going to happen. Like, I just feel like there's a greater, bigger purpose and something crazy and life-changing is going to happen when mm-hmm. we get there. And I said this mm-hmm. for an entire year. Mm-hmm. Poor Lopaka and Tanya probably thought that I was absolutely nutty. Um, but I just felt like it was... I, I could feel it in my bones. And I dragged you along for the journey. And it it turned out exactly how I thought it would. Dragged Life-changing. Me? Well, yeah, I, I did. I dragged you into it originally. You wanted to go willingly, but oh, I was ready to go. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a little, you know, the life changing part was true, but not exactly what I was expecting. Yeah, not like like we thought it would be. <coughs> right. Much much larger. So, where do we begin? Well, I th- I think we have to start with just going there. I mean, I think that's where we have to start. Well, with. why don't we start with? Letting Lopaka tell everybody who he is. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. <laughs> That's a really That's nice idea. Yes, it is. Oh, so, it's very important. So tell everybody who you are and, and, and how we connected with you on your end. Um, I, I think the details of everything I, I do, we can save till the end. You think so? But I, okay. I don't know. I, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, along with Tanya, you know, we own this uh, ghost tour company called Mysteries of Hawaii. And of course... You know, Stephanie and Scott, you know it's much more than just a, a ghost tour company. Yes, much more. And it's something I inherited from my, my late boss who passed away uh, in 2003. And he'd been go- doing ghost tours here since 1974. He's originally from uh, Calder City and was a professor of uh, American history here at the university. And so at some point I had this crazy idea that uh, we should have some sort of conference in Hawaii, some sort of 
thing that turned out to be a Paracon. And initially, I think, Stephanie, you called us, and you also sent an email. And uh, we, we called you, and that's that's basically how it all started. Right, because we were told by a representation at the time that they had tried emailing you for six months, and I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And literally the minute I sent an email, my phone was ringing within five minutes. And I thought, well, that was easy. I wonder if that was too easy. Um, it was a little surprising. <coughs> so um, we kind of... We kind of started from there, and you know, despite the fact that we weren't going to end up going out into Hawaii mm-hmm. um, in July, we still kept the the friendship going, yes. and we talked almost weekly. Yes, really, I mean, and it really felt like it was a friendship that was much more than that. It was almost like it was we were talking to family the whole time, right? And that that deepened quite a bit once we got there. Um, we've now told Lopaka and Tanya that they can't get rid of us. Ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're stuck with me. We're, we're permanently connected now. Yes. Yeah. So we began this journey in Hawaii, and, you know, everybody's dream is to go to Hawaii, right? You know, it's beautiful, it's tropical, it's warm, um, great destination for vacation. Um, I'm really nerdy, and I love the history, and I really want to go to experience Hawaii as a whole. And, um, you know, to be able to, to bring what we do over there as well. And we had a lot of conversations about this, and it was it was what we were expecting when we um, we decided to to go. So um, we get there, and where do we start? Uh, well, you know, everything was strange from the very beginning. <coughs> right. I mean, it was it was you know, like I said, we felt like we were family. We we felt like we had had conversations and done things together that we hadn't done. And, uh, I mean, there was even one time where, um, I, I was talking to, uh, Lopaka on, on social and I said, well, you know what? It's going to be better if I just call you. Let me call you real quick. And I picked up my phone, started looking for his number and I didn't have his number, but I felt like I should have his number. And like, we've talked a thousand times, but, um, you know, I think, you know, that just starts to scratch the tip of the iceberg because, uh, strange things began happening right away. Number one. The day that we were leaving the main. Oh, that's so weird. Isn't that weird? This still, this still bugs me. Look, I'm a big shark guy, so you know I love sharks. Um, I've been on shark dives in in the South Pacific, <laughs> here in New England. Um, so it's you know it's one of those things that I enjoy doing and and just love the animals. But um, <laughs> we were on our way to Hawaii, and we see on the news that Deep Blue had showed up in Hawaii, the, one of the largest great white sharks known to exist. Yep. And she was there feeding on a uh, dead sperm whale. And so... And she hadn't been seen in, what, 20 years? But, but no, she, no, she'd been seen before then. It was just, it's, she hadn't been seen in a long time. The last oh, time no, she, she was, she's been there for 20 years, but she hadn't been seen in a very long time. She hadn't time. been seen in a long time. Last time she was seen, she was off the uh, coast of the Guadalupe Islands, I think mm-hmm. that's where it was. And so... Um, so she was there and had made her presence known. And... Um, we just kind of thought it was funny at first, you know, because like, oh, look, you know, we're going to Hawaii. It'd be a great time to go for me to go shark diving with a big great white. And you thought it was funny because I'm terrified of sharks. Yes. And Steph was, you know, saying that she was not going to get in the water. Uh, and I kept convincing her that she could go in her in the water up to her ankles because Deep Blue couldn't get up that shallow. But um, nevertheless. You're so nice to me. Deep Blue was there. And we didn't know the connection with sharks and uh, 
No, all that Lopaka told us was it's a good thing. Trust me. Yeah. And you know what's funny is is we're gonna pick on you a little bit. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> everything that we ask about, he goes, it's fine. Trust me. Yes. It's fine. Trust me. Yes. It's okay. Trust me. Or he'll say, hmm, interesting. Or he'll just laugh at us, just like he did just now. So right. it um. We, we just said, okay, like we knew we wanted to know more, mm-hmm. but we figured let's just be patient. So, um, we were met with this m- magnificent creature yes. as soon as we got there. And it wasn't just like, hey, she's here. It's like, hey, she's nine miles off the coast of where you're right. staying. And everybody like, she's right nuts. there. Yes. Everybody's going crazy that she was there. So it's, um, it was wild. So we embark on this journey. I'm going to try to get through like the, the little parts yes. and get to the, the big part. So, um, we um we do our I'm trying to think of where I want to start. So the first night we we decide to go. Um, we go through and Lobhaka, maybe you can help us. But we did um, the ceremony with the Ava, mm-hmm. the, the the welcoming ceremony. the welcoming ceremony. Mm-hmm. We were mm-hmm. able to meet uh, Lopaka's cousin Kali'i, uh, who is a Kahuna. Can you describe what a Kahuna is, Lopaka, for everybody that's listening? Okay, um, what a kahuna is, in spite of what's been portrayed in the media, is someone who's mastered a, a certain craft to the point of, you know, it almost being um, psychic, so to say. So the short story of it is that uh, my cousin Kili'i, after 200 years, is the first titled kahuna of uh, kaka'uhi, or what we call traditional Hawaiian tattooing. And um, he was the student of, of our oldest cousin, uh, Kiwani Nunes, who revived the art of traditional tattooing, but had to go to, to Samoa uh, to learn everything, the tool making and the designs. And so through Kiwani, um, Kili was able to to achieve the status of, of uh, a kahuna, whose um, ancestor was the last person to do tradi- traditional Hawaiian tattooing in, what, 200 years. Mm-hmm. So we hang out with Kali'i and his wife, Sunny, at their home, and we do this amazing um, ceremony with mm-hmm. Ava. Is there an easy way to describe to everybody what Ava is? <laughs> um, it's the root of the piper mesenthium, or the pepper plant, and it's grounded into powder. And normally it's used with a mixture of water and uh, grounded uh, sugar cane. Uh, today I think they use coconut water. And it's not... Um, it's not an alcoholic drink. It's basically something that really, really mellows you up after three cups. <laughs> yes. I was not brave enough to hit three. How many cups right. did I have that night? A lot. I had a lot. I was um, mellow. But I do have to say, um, learning the medicinal purposes of yes. Ava, um, I was really sick before I started this journey. I was in the hospital right before I left. I was actually afraid I wasn't going to be able to fly out. I got hit with a neurovirus. Um and that whole week, I was just in a weakened state mm-hmm. the entire time. Yeah. Um, so it was it was already a, a weird start to the journey, but the Ava helped. And I was like, okay, this is really crazy that, you know, I'm ingesting some a plant and it's, it's working, but mm-hmm. I've never heard of this plant before in my life. Right. So it was a really cool experience being able to, like, you guys haven't lived unless you hear Kui'i and Lopaka chant in Hawaiian. Um, there's mm-hmm. no other way to describe it. It's it's mystical, it's magical, it's amazing. And um, it's 
this chat room is horrendous right now. I'm not sure what's happening. Okay. Um, sorry. Tim, help me out there. So, um, so being able to experience this was just awesome. And, um, we go home that night and we were fine. I think we were fine until we did the investigation. Yeah, we were fine until we did the investigation and, and experienced all of that because as, as we were doing the investigation the next night, uh, we, we had gotten up there to the location and we, we were standing outside and it was cold. It was, it was very cold for Hawaii or cool for Hawaii. But, uh, as we were standing there, we were looking up at the sky because it was raining and, but there wasn't a cloud in the sky. There was a big moon and it was raining. And Lopaka had talked to us earlier about we were talking about cleansing in the rain because you're yeah. having that whole conversation that, you know, you like to go stand in the rain, especially when it's a thunderstorm and, and you know, cleanse and, 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 and hopefully not recharge your batteries from a lightning strike. But um, when we were standing there, we were looking up at, at the moon and it was just raining. And it wasn't blowing in. It was raining straight down on us, uh, which was a, a very, uh, very interesting sign. Um, I think the weirdest part for me was I was so sick. And I was really trying to pull through with everything that I um, was going through. And I remember stepping out into the rain. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this feels so amazing because I've always said, you know, any type of thunderstorm, um, I love running out into. It's it's cleansing. It's awesome. And I remember looking up at the supermoon. It was the weekend of the uh, blood wolf moon. Mm-hmm. And we were so high up, we could see all of Waikiki. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's all good until you get struck by lightning. I mean, Right, right, right. But right. there was literally, it's it's raining, it's lightly raining, it's dripping down on your face, and I'm standing there staring at the moon, and I'm counting all the stars, and I look and I realize... It was crystal clear. There's no clouds. There's no clouds at all. Yeah. And um, uh, I remember turning at that point, and Lopaka goes, Steph, there's no clouds. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, yeah. that's weird. So Porter and I are like Googling to see how this could possibly be a thing and nothing that we found could describe why it was raining. So at that moment, I turn. And this is probably where everything took a turn for the weird. Um, I look at the tree line and I'm like, oh, wow. Look at all the pretty fireflies. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Yeah. Now, we had done an event down in Tennessee where there was like millions of fireflies and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And... I look, and the, I'm looking at Lopaka. I'm like, hey, look at the fireflies. Again, poor guy looked at me and was like, uh, what? <laughs> he, he looks at you like, uh, we don't have fireflies. He's like, we don't, we don't have fireflies on the island. What are you seeing? So I described to him exactly what I saw, which was these little red lights that were blinking and kind of like flying around everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he said, again, ah, okay. And just very calm. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did our investigation, and that was the wild pig night, for anybody that heard us tell the story earlier. Yeah. But we um, also heard chanting. We heard chanting in the woods, um, and uh, we had the strange uh, interaction with the with the, the mouse rat that uh, came out of the tent. And, oh, yes. And then it uh, proceeded to attack uh, one of the patrons there. <laughs> or run after him. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I was looking at this rat that yeah. that ran past me, and I was like, it ran right up, shimmied right up a pole onto the tent that we were standing under, uh-huh. and I just said to myself, what goes up must come down, <laughs> and I have did. to watch for it. And the minute that our friend said, I hate rats, 
Here this come thing the came flying at him and almost attacked. And, I've, I've um, never seen anybody jump that high before. Uh, no. His height, too. He jumped about as high as he was tall. Yes. And... Um, mm-hmm. We couldn't believe it. Yes. So it was just, it was a crazy night, but we were able to go up to the top of, of that. area and look out mm-hmm. over this. And it was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, don't, don't forget the Echo Vox, you know. Oh, yes. So we actually, we pulled out Echo Vox. Those of you that are listening know how much we, we use Echo Vox here at Spooky South Coast. We've turned Porter onto it. And, um, it, it's amazing, but we turned on the Echo Vox and we decided to start talking and it responded back to us in Hawaiian. Yes. So we pulled Lopaka into it, and we asked him to start speaking Hawaiian, and the Echovox was speaking Hawaiian back. So that was really amazing to to see how Echovox was was working. And, and that's not the first time that we've seen Echovox exactly converse in a in a different language. Right? Yep, we saw it in Portuguese two years ago. That was actually an investigation that you came on. That was mm-hmm. the first experience yep. that you had with Echovox. So it's um it was just an amazing experience. <coughs> we go home that night. And we fall asleep. We we call it home. It was home. A, ho- a hotel, home. A home away from home. It was our home away yeah. from home for the for the time being, and <clears throat> we went to sleep. Yes. And I was sleeping pretty hard because I was just still feeling awful. You, yeah, you were. And yeah. um, I woke up the next morning, repeating a phrase over and over and over, and I was like physically saying it out loud. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was saying. Akahuna, Akahuna, over and over, and I'm surprised it didn't wake you up. But it didn't wake me up. But but what woke me up was I was in this dream, and I was overlooking Waikiki, right? And in the spot that we were in, in the in night the spot before. that we were at. But and it, that's where I was in mine as well. Right. But it was just me and my dream, except for there was an older Hawaiian or Hawaiian man sitting there, uh, cross-legged, sitting uh, up there at the top. And the only way to describe him was having, he had big hair. Um, but he was he was trying to tell me something. And the phrase that I had heard uh, was, Akiuna iti Molokai. And we, we had... We had not talked about Molokai. No. And so the, the two of us were standing in the exact same place in our dream. It was it was daytime in both dreams. I could hear a voice saying, Akahuna. But you had an actual person had speaking person. to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we called Lopaka. <laughs> and we said... We have crazy dreams. We have crazy dreams. And we think we're hearing Hawaiian. Now, the only Hawaiian that I had ever heard in my life was Lopaka the night before, mm-hmm. and that was it. And I figured because he was chanting and because he was talking in Hawaiian, maybe I was crazy, and, we were and making I heard up this words. part. Yeah, maybe we were making up words in our mind. So at this point, we're like, yeah, we're still normal. This is cool. We're great. We're awesome. So, Lopaka, do you want to tell everybody what our phrase meant? Well, the next morning I picked you guys up in the van, if you remember. Yeah, and, yes, and you and tell I, us about your dream, too. That wasn't that day. Right. right. Was it? Was it that day we're driving? We're driving up somewhere. Was that the day we're going up to Punchbowl? No. Punchbowl no. was no. the last day. I don't remember where we're yeah. going. That I don't day. think he had a dream until your turtle shell. Right. 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 So this was, was this was the night before. Okay, this is the night before. Okay, yeah. This okay. is going to get wacky, you guys. We're yeah. sorry. And we're going to try to piece right. it all together. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so Scott said... 
which is um, basically um, an older dialect where they used to use the T instead of the K, which kind of surprised me when Scott told me that. And um, basically, it's, it's talking about an actual kahuna who has knowledge or should know of or should see Molokai uh, from that area. Mm-hmm. And what we found out um, earlier was that the original owner of the estate where the investigation was was someone who hid the children of the workers at that plantation who had come down with leprosy. And anyone who contracted leprosy during that time was immediately shipped off to Molokai. <laughs> What's unusual about what Scott said is that they didn't even know that Molokai was an island. They thought it was just another part of, of Oahu. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I did not we realize had no was, idea. didn't realize it was an island. Yeah. And so, Stephanie, what, your, your word was kahuna, too? Akahuna. Akahuna. Yeah, so it, it's almost... This is almost the beginning of the two of them having the same dream, but from a different perspective, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yes, so... <laughs> The only other time that we ever had the same dream mm-hmm. was two years prior, right, right. after we first met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we both had said, like, hey, you were my dream last night. Hey, you were my dream last night. That's because you were both dreaming about me. That's why. We, yes. You're not supposed to tell yeah, that part, yeah. Tim. That's the embarrassing yeah, part. Keep that quiet. So Between us, baby. Jesus. <laughs> H. So, <laughs> so creepy. Um so we had this this dream, and we start talking about it, and we realized we were actually in the same place. We don't know where we were, and we were we. I could tell him what he was wearing. He could tell me what I was wearing. We could tell like the furniture, everything, everything, yeah. everything in the stream. So he was totally freaked out by that. Um, the part that we haven't talked about yet is since then. Well, since that dream two years ago, we started to realize that he could hear my thoughts, mm-hmm. as well as me being able to hear his so we had this like telepathic thing going on that was also weird but didn't happen all the time so now we're back to having the same dreams in hawaii we think okay this is a really weird dream not only was it in fluent hawaiian and it actually meant something but it's in a ancient hawaiian which is no longer not university hawaiian right (laughs) it's no longer spoken so that night we we embark on our infamous hairbrush story um we (laughs) we go to um we go to our ghost tour Mm -hmm. and you guys if you are ever on the island of wahoo you need to go on lopaka's ghost tour yes it is phenomenal it will scare the pants off of you um and it's just it's just amazing and it's so informative that's what i'm gonna say it's it's there's it's so informative and the and the locations are so beautiful uh, even at night. I mean, oh, my amazing. God, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So um, so we, we go on this, this ghost tour, and I'm still feeling terrible. And um, <laughs> we go to these three amazing locations. Mm-hmm. And the first location, um, the first location, do you want to tell about the first location, Lopaka? You're going to tell it better than I will. Oh, well, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. That was the hill. Yeah, but we are in Waianae. We're in Waianae. Okay, we're good. A, I said it right. So right. <laughs> we were at the hail in Waianae. Can you tell everybody what, what the hail is and what it was used for? Oh, the, the hail that we went to is a hail is like a temple. And it, its last use was for a celestial navigation where a priest went to learn the art of navigating by the elements. So okay, go ahead. this place is 
beautiful. Gorgeous. Like, stuck out into the ocean a little bit. If you turn around, you just see, I mean, just, it, it looks like straight out of a, a movie. It does. Um, so we climb up to it. <coughs> it's it's phenomenal. And as I turn around and Lopak is talking, I see the fireflies again. And uh, Porter actually took a photo where we think we captured the fireflies. The fireflies. Yeah. So we can always show you guys afterwards, um, unless Matt Costa can figure out how to show everybody. Because um, we're not the tech gurus here in this room. Um, so the silent assassin is, is the magician in the corner. Um, so I see the fireflies and did you see them or did you just catch them in the photo? I just caught them in the photo. Okay. So we, um, we go there. It's amazing. We hear the history of it and we get to leave. And plus there is a bunch of stray cats and anybody that knows me knows I love cats. So we we get back on the bus and we go to our second location and this is where um we he brought us to a night marcher trail can you tell everybody what night marchers are oh yes uh night marchers are the ghosts of um warriors who in life preceded a person that was so sacred that as they approached according to their status as commoners you had to strip naked lie face down um and you could not look at them and so that's where we went when, uh, to the second stop. So there are many places over the islands, correct, where the trails of the night marchers are located, and it starts from mountain to ocean? Is that yes. how it goes? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, this is my new fear that I was talking about. This is right up there with aliens. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to be caught anywhere near my- night marchers on their specific moon phases where they march. Um, there have been documented deaths due to night marchers, correct? Correct. So this is no joke. Um, you will get killed by a ghost. So, (coughs) sorry. Um, so he takes us out into the dark and we, um, he asks everybody to close their eyes and to point, and this was like a very wide area. Uh, Please close your eyes and point to where you believe that the night marcher trail is. Mm Mm-hmm. So, earlier, a couple days earlier, actually, we kept telling him, hey, we're drawn right here. What is this? And yeah. he'd say, that's the Night Marcher Trail. Hey, we're drawn right here. That's the temple. What's this? That's that's the temple. This is a Night Marcher Trail. So, yeah. we kind of, we're kind of picking up on the energy already, but we yeah. didn't realize it. So, he has this entire group of about 20 people close their eyes and point to where they think the trail is. And he said, okay, now open your eyes. And everybody's arms are like crazy. He said, you're all right because it zigzags, but... The only two people that got the exact location of where they come out of was Porter and myself. Right. So then he made a stand there. And yeah. that was really... With their back. Yeah, with, with their, their backs back to it. To the trail. So that's a little creepy. You know, but the, the, what, the, what the other part is, is that when when we did that, you know, after we got back that night, of course, I'm going to jump ahead <laughs> a little bit, but we'll come back. Okay. But when we got back that night, I pulled up Google Earth to look at the area and up on the hill there behind where we were, I mean, there were there were ruins and it was amazing to see that in the in in the jungle up behind. It was just where so cool. It, it, it's amazing. So uh, there, there's there's so many layers. <laughs> there's so many poor, like, poor Tim. Tim. He, he sounds like we did last week. Yes. Uh, but that that was that was even more interesting to me too, is to see that we got it. We got the exact spot right, and then there's that temple ruin back there. Right. So we get back on the bus now. Mind you, you guys, I've had a backpack on my entire trip. Um. And I'm sure Tanya and Lopak are already laughing at me. 
but <laughs> we I, I carried my backpack everywhere. It had like medicine and everything in it that I needed and um we <coughs> get on the bus and we go to the last place. Yes. Which is Makua Cave. Right. Like, okay. So the story of the cave or why you brought us to the cave start us off there. Oh yes. Uh, so um the cave has an ancient history of uh, being the abode of a shark god. And it's actually uh, Nanawe, and he is the son of Komohuali, who happens to be the oldest and most sacred brother of the volcano goddess Pele. And so I was uh, talking about that, I think, and other unfortunate incidents that have happened in the cave since. And so one of the things I, I talked about was something that happened a few years back, which is why... We rarely do the tour that we did when Scott and Stephanie were there. <clears throat> and it's because we would have people who would come on that tour who had unresolved things in their own lives that would attract whatever was in that cave uh, to them, and things would happen. <clears throat> so one of the, to- the stories I-, I spoke about last was something to do with a-, a girl who snuck out of her house back in 1997, and jumped in a car with her friend and they drove out to the parking lot across from the cave and there was this party going on and the friend took off with some guy and this girl in the story was left with five guys by herself who began to harass her and the thing about the story is people remember seeing her remember what she was wearing but never saw her again and so it's one of those stories that have been passed around in that area for for a few years one of the things they noted about her was that she was last seen wearing a teal-colored co- sweater, black corduroy jeans, white tennis shoes. She was Hawaiian Portuguese, and they always, one thing they said about her is she always had a brush, and she was always brushing her hair. And so what I relayed to everybody was, while we were in that spot, if anyone walked up to them and asked them for a hairbrush, uh, not to give it. <laughs> and so take it from there, Stephanie. So he starts telling us this story. You know, do not, if anybody asks you for a hairbrush, uh, do anything about it. And he starts to tell us why. Because there's a woman that came on his tour at some point and (coughs) was not listening or just didn't care to listen and decided. Someone asked her for a hairbrush. Yes, someone asked her for a hairbrush behind her. And she took her hairbrush out of her bag and handed it over her shoulder and felt the hand grab the hairbrush from her. A little while later, somebody tapped her on the shoulder and said, thank you very much, and handed it back to her, and she put it back in her bag. She left that night, and the entire car drive home, her her camera kept going off and flashing repeatedly all the way until she got to her house. And at that moment, Lopaka showed us the photo of what the inside of her house looked like that the camera took, and there are these crazy, <laughs> scary, dark shadows Shadow all over this photo. Yeah. And, like, you guys, this is a legitimate photo. And I am now to the point where I don't even know what to do with myself because I'm standing in a pitch-dark cave. The only light is from the light of Lopaka's iPad with the photo on it. So I'm thinking to myself, like, i got to get out of here. I am so uncomfortable. And I kept thinking, like, there are offerings of fresh fruit and everything all over the floor. I'm like, this feels wrong. This shouldn't be here. I'm being really affected by it. And... I'm, like, starting to shake at this point because I'm like, I just got to go. Like, I'm so uncomfortable. Anxiety levels through the roof. I need to leave. And at that point, I felt somebody walk up behind me. Then I could feel a body press up against the back of me. And I was like, oh, dear God. 
oh dear God, here's where I die. And then I realized it was Porter. So nothing in this world feels better than knowing that somebody is standing right behind you and you're not the last kid in line in pitch dark. So I'm like, okay, great. You probably saw me shaking, came over, and I'm thinking to myself, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Because earlier that day, when we were getting ready to leave, I just got out of the shower and I was I had a hairbrush in my hand. It's like, Ugh, I'll just brush my hair on the bus. I was like, Well no, I have time. Mm-hmm. So ran my brush through my hair quick, looked at it again and thought to myself, But I feel like I really need to bring this. So I popped it in my backpack. At that moment, I'm like, Oh my god, I have a hairbrush. What do I do? I was like, Oh that's right, I left my bag on the, the bus. So I'm fine. I'm like, it's the last stop. I'll leave my bag in the bus. It's it's okay. So I go to reach behind me to verify that it's you. And as I realize it's you, I feel the straps from my backpack. Mm-hmm. And I realize that the backpack that you had not touched all night is now on your back with the hairbrush yeah. inside of it. And, and and when we were on the bus, as we were getting off, I thought, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm going to grab your backpack for you and just take it with me. Uh, and, and just felt like I needed to take it. And so I put it on and just wore it and then walked behind you the whole way to the uh, Oh, to no. The, the weirdest part was you took my backpack and got off the bus without me. Yeah, I got off before I you. I was the last one on. Mm-hmm. Got off before you. So you took that bag, snatched it, ran with the hairbrush. Yeah. Like you felt like you needed to bring it with you. That's what I'm saying. I picked it up because, I mean, you had been carrying it all, all night. So I thought, yeah, I'll carry it for you. I'll pick it up, take it, take it with me. But I felt like it didn't need to stay. It needed to go with me. So I took the backpack with me. One way or another, this this hairbrush had to make it inside that it, cave. It, it, it had a mind of its own. And I was horrified. So at that moment, I told Lopaka, I have a hairbrush. And he goes, oh, and it's still got your hair in it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because that's very significant. Because the woman that did not listen ended up having all kinds of crazy stuff happen to her. Lopaka told her to bring the hairbrush back to the cave and burn it, and she did not listen. She ultimately disappeared. Um, yeah, just basically fell off the grid. Never heard from <laughs> Like her house was empty. So, yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, um, we checked with everybody else on the bus. No one else had a hairbrush but me. Um, a, bus, a bus full of women did not have hairbrushes. And... Yeah. You guys, when we finish telling you the rest of the story in hour two, you will know that my future book is going to be called Never Bring a Hairbrush to Hawaii. <laughs> so we have to take... That makes me think, what's that, what's that book? If you give a mouse or something? Yeah, if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah, yeah. makes me think of that. if you give a pig a pancake, if you give a cat a cupcake, if you, if you a give a moose a muffin, there's a whole series. Yeah. This, this could be part of that. Well, oh, we're, we're hitting the news break right now. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll hear more of the story. And uh, as well as any of your questions or comments, you can call in 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And you can also uh, put those questions in the chat room at Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com or on our YouTube channel. And uh, you can also uh, email them, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, or just put them out on Twitter and use the hashtag SpookyLive. Lots of different ways for us to see the questions, but of course, the best way is for you to call in so we can talk to you directly and you can talk to Stephanie, Porter, and Lopaka. We'll be back with more Spooky South Coast in just a few moments. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, 
ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, psychic medium Stephanie Burke, special guest host Scott Porter, and uh, and Kylie the intern is here and her friend Summer as well. For everybody that's watching on Spooky TV that are like, I keep seeing somebody pop out from behind Porter. That's so weird. Who's there? That's just so uh, everybody knows who's there. And, uh, and, and don't worry, Kylie. Eventually we're going to put you on the air too. So you're going to have to do that someday. But we, we've never had an intern before. We haven't. This but is I new. Don't even know what there to do go. with an intern. When do we sacrifice her? Well, just wait. Because, like, <laughs> like I said, she's a photographer, so we're going to need so a... she's useful. We're going to need a photographer on a ghost hunt. Yes. Yeah, there, there you go. go. We're just... Uh, we're fun, I promise. There could be volcanoes involved. The photos will never get <laughs> right? developed. There you go. Um, yeah, it's a little wild. So, we are... We're hitting hour two with Lopaka Kapanui. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will let you, I will turn things over to you before I start coughing again. Okay. And I will let you uh, steer the ship again. Awesome. Remember, if anybody needs to cough, just hold your hand up. I'll, I'll pot you down, even if I'm not paying attention. You got it. But we apologize to everybody out there for the, the coughs and the sniffles. And yeah, it's bad. And we also apologize to everybody that works here in the station on Monday when you come. Actually. I'm not contagious. I'm good. I'm yeah. just. We're, we're over the contagious part. We just have the residual cough. Oh, the only one that's <laughs> coming in Monday are, are the. the you know, Phil and, and Chris, and I think Barry, and they've got iron constitutions, Perfect. so they, they should be okay, I there think. You go. But, right. uh, Matt, I apologize when you have to sit behind in the seat tomorrow. I don't so. have germs, so we're good. All right. Well, Lopaka, are you still with us? Still here. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for joining us. And, uh, and I also, uh, I have to say, you sound great for being so far away. Oh, okay. Well, it's because we're using a smartphone, I think. <laughs> I thought we just had the string really tight. I thought he was going to do that thing where like he's outside the whole time and we didn't know it. So, <laughs> one of those weird, like, oh my God, I didn't know. It's hilarious. <laughs> Next time. So we have a lot to cover. Well, yes. And we're going to try to do it in 50 minutes. Well, we have to okay. get to the part that we haven't heard <laughs> right, yet. Right, so as I was going to say, <laughs> we're going to take you guys through some of the dreams that we've had and their meanings. So we're going to tell you what we had. We're going to have Lopaka tell you what they mean. And it's all going to lead up to the dreams that we had the past two nights that Lopaka hasn't told us anything about yet. And we're dying yeah. to know, and we're kind of freaked out by it. So this has all been kind of like a weird sequence so far. And um, buckle up and get ready, because it's about to get weird. So... <laughs> After this dream, after after this this trip to the cave and everything, mm-hmm. my next dream was myself running through the grass, 
And it was tall grass, and it was browning a little bit. And as I was running through, my feet weren't touching the ground. The grass was just kind of opening itself Mm -hmm. for me, almost like, you know, Moses parting the sea. Mm -hmm. And I was looking up at the stars, trying to navigate my way to the ocean with the stars. That same night, your dream. Mm -hmm. So my dream, I was running through the grass, and it was spreading in front of me where it wouldn't touch me. And I was zigzagging up the mountain. And I got up to an opening, and I was looking off into a crater. And as I looked over to the side, there was someone saying something to me. And I looked over, and there were five men standing there dressed in black feathers. Uh, and another one was trying to get me to uh, drink from a uh, turtle shell. And um, I, could, I, was, I could look out into the to the crater. I could look out over the crater, and it looked like it was the area where Waikiki was. Uh, but the, uh, the phrase that I was hearing in my dream was, Ili Ali, Ili Ali'i Kakoa Ali'i. Right. So actually, my dream was the night before that dream. <clears throat> because the night that you had that dream, I was, I found the ocean. And okay. when All I right. found the ocean, I heard, um, my phrase, which was uh, Makamonai Hala Hala. Yes, yeah. That the night the, the night before that, we both had dreams running through the grass. Right, exactly. Touches. So yeah. you jumped us up. I told you I was trying to get prepared before I got here. Uh, it, it, I know. There's it, no preparation. Yeah. So yeah, it's all here. We both have these these crazy dreams. <laughs> we both hear these these phrases, and we we called Lopaka and we told him about the weirdness. And then when he picked us up, he had to explain that he had a dream too. Yes. So take it away, Lopaka. Okay. So we're in the van. Uh, we've left the hotel. I think we're heading up to our destination. And so they explain their dreams about um, running, you know, the grass parting. Uh, in Scott's dream, the men wearing the black feathers and hearing these phrases. And, Scott, you said it had to do with the, the turtle shell mm-hmm. and drinking something from it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And... Um, so I told Scott, I said, when my cousin Kelly does full protocol ceremonies, they wear black, and it sort of resembles black feathers. And so the phrase he heard was, Iliahi um, Kekwali. And in Stephanie's dream, she hears a phrase which actually what it turns out to be is Kumawana uh, Ihala Hala. And I think at that point I, I kind of freaked out myself. <laughs> Because I, I pretty much, I, I told him, you know, in my dream, we were all at my cousin Kili's house, and there was an Ava ceremony going on, but the Ava was being passed around in a turtle shell cup. <laughs> and that before the Ava was served, my cousin Kili held it up over his head, and he said, now the naming, naming ceremony shall begin. And so what I told him was, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. That's another one of his phrases. <laughs> That's it. Love it. Right. Uh, in this this dream that we all had from different perspectives, but we're basically having the same dream, is that they were receiving their Hawaiian names for Scott Iliahi Kekoali and for Stephanie Kumuana Ihala Hala. <clears throat> and so um, the Iliahi Kekoali is basically a chief who's who's a warrior chief, you know, but he's he's multi talented. He's skilled in various things uh, from ethnobotany to warfare. And he's basically the kind of chief who 
isn't somebody who just lords over his title, you know, to his subjects, but he's actually in the dirt with them. Uh, I, I think you guys would say uh, in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And so for for Stephanie Kamuana Ihalahala is literally what it means is um, the literal meaning is the ocean or the sea of um, of negotiation. That's the literal meaning. It could also mean wayfinding, negoti- negotiating your way over the oceans. But what it really means is someone who is able to, um, someone who, who keeps the peace, who negotiates not only uh, human affairs, but spiritual affairs as well, if that makes any sense. So anyway, we're driving in, in the van, and now at that point, I think we're all freaking out. Yes. Yes. Okay. We were oh, freaking out a little bit before it. that, too, but, but, yeah, we're, but really, we're really freaking out at this point because you're having the same dreams that we're having. Right. Yeah. So we we decided that, okay, we're freaked out. We now have Hawaiian names. We have no idea how we're speaking fluent Hawaiian in our dreams and how mm-hmm. we're remembering it when we wake up and right. how something that we've never heard before translates perfectly into something that actually has meaning. Right. So... <laughs> To uh, to freak out, to say the least, is 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 happening at this moment. Um, the next night, my dreams start getting weirder. Yeah. And that night, I'm having a dream where I've made it to the ocean. You know, so I made it past the the grass and everything else, and I'm on the beach and I'm arranging rocks in a formation. And I can't remember exactly what form you know formation that I'm I'm arranging them in, but I'm arranging these rocks. I remember lighting a fire. And I'm sprinkling things into the fire in order to make it bigger and larger. And I can see these embers, you know, flying all over the place. And I'm, I remember like laughing maniacally, but I'm chanting at the same time. And as I'm chanting, I spread my arms out. Um, and I looked up at the sky and I remember looking at the stars. And I had to turn myself perfectly to find the stars that I was looking for. But when I did, I closed my eyes and I allowed this, this smoke to enter into the top of my head. And as, it entered into the top of my head. I remember like my entire body just glowing like a golden color. Mm-hmm. So I, um, at, in your dream that night, <laughs> my dream that night, I had made it to the ocean as well. Uh, but I, when I made it to the ocean, it was, there was an old woman there and she was there with a fire. Talking to the microphone. Okay. Yeah, I was there. I was there. I made it to the ocean and there was an old woman there and, uh, she was, talking to me over the fire and there were there were two cups there she was uh, uh, tr- seemingly trying to get me to sit down or, or to have a drink with her or something and uh, then there was uh, there was something that happened at that point that woke me up and i, I come to out of my dream that's when so, she was laughing at you right uh she was laughing at me the next time i dreamt about okay. her because that was when she was there at the ocean and she was there ah, with okay. the five guys in the black feathers so translation for that night <laughs> oh, the smoke so, and fire yeah so in, in certain uh, practices here in here in Hawaii um, more especially in my family because these two guys are starting to have dreams that are significant to to my genealogy and they're having dreams about things that things that no one outside my family knows unless they're related to me <clears throat> so one of the practices is in our, our family is a divination through certain uh, ceremonies that have to do with smoke or clouds. And, you know, that's what's happening to Stephanie. 
And what she doesn't, doesn't realize at this point in her dream when she's seeing all the embers, that is the answer to her seeing fireflies. And, and for Scott, um, that dream was the old woman laughing at you, right? Uh, she actually started laughing at me on the next the next dream. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell um, that part? The next dream, I, I would I had made it back to the beach as well, and but this time she was there with the um, she was there with the five guys in the black feathers, and she was saying something to me, but I was having a hard time understanding it, and she was she was looking at me and giving me a, this like she was saying it to me like I, you know I should know this. <laughs> But it was kind of funny because she would she would laugh at me like yeah you know sarcastically laugh at me like I am I, I was I was being silly because I didn't own up to knowing what she was saying. Right, right. <laughs> and so this is this is the part where um, it starts to occur to me that um, Scott and Stephanie are having dreams about the goddess Pele, but I don't think at that point I, I revealed it. To you them. did not. Yes. No. No, because we we told you very specific characteristics about this old woman. Yes. But she had yeah. not come to me yet at this point, so you did not reveal who she was right. at that point. Um, right. I think you you actually told me <laughs> that you thought she was from some Disney movie or something. Right. <laughs> I think yeah, and, and, you were still in freak out mode. Yeah, I think we will. Yeah. No, no kidding. But um, but yeah, we were. You know, that was one of the things of the specifics about her that that really drew the picture of of who we were talking to. Mm-hmm. Was that the day we were heading up to Punchbowl, Stephanie? Uh, that was actually the day, I believe, that we were going to Kali'i. And then okay. we found out that Kali'i had a dream. But before we get into Kali'i, um, mm-hmm. do we have a caller on the line? There is a caller on the line. We okay. can take that call. Okay. And if anybody else wants to call in with a question or a comment, 508-996-0500 is the number to do so. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Lopaka. Uh, yes, sir. Am I on? You are on the air, yes. Okay, I just want to share a story. My mom lived in a house where there was a downstairs and an upstairs, and the upstairs was a long hallway, and there was this door that had, like, bars in it and stuff like that, and we and I could never figure out what, 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 what that was. But anyway, to make all... <laughs> I'd be downstairs with my mom having a having a cup of coffee, and I could hear this like boom, 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 boom. Somebody running upstairs on the second floor, and I said, "Mom, do you hear that?" She says, "Oh yeah, that's my friend. She keeps me she keeps me company." Hmm. I said, "She keeps you company," and uh, my wife saw her. She was a young girl, about thirteen <laughs> years old. And she was dressed in like this, this white kind of straggly dress. But uh, it, it, it was it was freaky. You just you just you know you're sitting and you, and you hear somebody running upstairs. And that was locally yeah. here on on the south coast. Yes. Yeah. What right town? If you do in a in the south end of New Bedford. Oh. Okay. See, so there's there's. Connections all across the United States. We're <coughs> right here from the South Coast uh, all the way to Hawaii that we're talking about tonight. So mm-hmm. it's this stuff is everywhere. Well, thank you very much for uh, calling and sharing. Yeah, she she apparently I don't know something happened to that girl. You know, because like I said, maybe she was locked inside of this this I call it a closet because it had uh, 
it was a, a small room, but it had uh, 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 metal bars in it and everything else. And uh, yeah. Oh, very, very interesting. Uh, shoot me an email, uh, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, and, uh, and I'll see if I can help you find out anything about the property. Okay. All right. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. And uh, I had mentioned, by the way, uh, the connections, you know, the, the, the ghosts happen kind of all across. There's a direct connection to some of the local ghosts and Hawaii. Really? So if we have some time a little bit later on, I'll I'll tell that story. But I don't I don't want to take up the time. That's okay. From from where you guys are going, we're gonna try to get through this as fast as possible because there's a lot. So we we show up to Kali'i's house. Um, mm-hmm. He's the one that tattooed us, um, which we we spoke a little bit about before. Mm-hmm. And um, we find out that Kali'i had a dream too. So Kali'i's dream was a different perspective of the naming ceremony, which we had. Um, discussed previous um and he had it two nights in a row which was really freaky so we start telling him our dreams and he's laughing hysterically mm-hmm. the entire time and he would take a pause and speak to lopaka in hawaiian and then look back at us and go go on <laughs> go on and um he looked right at me when i was done telling my story and he said do you have any connection to fire so well, what do you mean and I start talking about how, like, any connection to fire that I've had. I was, I'm an Aries. I was born under a fire sign. I'm born in the year of the dragon. I've been thinking about volcanoes since I was three, sitting at the lunch table at preschool. I don't know, you know, what else to to come up with. And um, and he started to talk to us about, you know, what he intuitively knew about us. But he never gave us an answer about Pele. He never told yeah. us anything. No. So we got tattooed that day, which was, honest to God, probably one of the most amazing and spiritual things that I've ever been through in my life. And it was a long day. We spent all day there. And it was it was amazing. But then we we got home and had more dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so from then on, um, I would... I know. I think I'm missing a dream in here somewhere, mm-hmm. and I'll find it eventually. Well, it was, um, it was Kimmy's apprentice. Oh, yeah. Noah, who also mentioned uh, yep. having a dream about bird being shark. a bird. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then a shark. Flying through the sky, uh, diving straight into the ocean and turning into a shark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then coming onto shore. And my cousin Kili is a, he's a tough guy. He's a really tough guy. And, and he and I have, have a past about you know being a little bit rough and tumble so after his apprentice relayed that dream he started to tear up mm-hmm. and the first words out of his mouth was Lonomakua Lonomakua is the uncle of Pele who trained the goddess Pele in how to stoke the volcanic fires so to me that was sign number two okay go on okay. <laughs> so that night I went home and I dreamt that I was petting a shark I had a shark come up on the shore and you guys who have been listening to Spooky South Coast forever know that I'm terrified of sharks. And in the stream, I was not terrified at all. And I was petting it, almost like it was Shamu at, at SeaWorld. And it was smiling at me and happy that I was petting it. And I could not believe that I was petting a shark in my dream. <laughs> and that night, I had a dream. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the first half of it, because the first half of it was You're not... On a cliff. As, uh, that's where I went okay. to. I went to a cliff. The first half of it was... I can't really remember. I know I was... I was running through something, 
something happened, then I went, I was sent up on a, on a cliff. And when I got up on this cliff, I was told to jump off into the ocean. As I jumped off in the ocean, hit the water, I looked up and there was a shark coming at me, mouth open, looked like it was getting ready to eat me, just huge shark. But when it got to me, it took its nose and pushed me up onto shore. Right. So then, right. is this where I come in? Yep. yep. <laughs> so what I tell them is, you know, the the shark dream is significant because, again, Pele, the volcano goddess, her oldest, most sacred brother, is Komohali, who is not just a shark god; he's the king of sharks. And so that's what I tell them. It's basically a shark that's not there to harm you. It's 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 a guardian. And so this is this is the third Pele sign to me that's beginning to confirm uh, what's going on with these two. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, Carry so, on. <laughs> I think that was our last... Um, Hawaii dream? A last dream on the island. What do you have next? Which one are you... What, what, what are you at? Am I, am I right at... Well, from what I wrote down now, I am now in the jungle. This is the open area. Uh, and I can see land and all that. This was after we got back. That microphone is terrible, so you got to talk around. Uh, I know it. I'm trying so, to look okay, over here. Okay, so so we're back now, right? Yes, we're back. So at this point in time, I'm super sick. I caught the flu right when we were flying back um, from Hawaii. So I'm in and out of taking Nyquil, and every single time I take Nyquil, like I don't dream. So that to me shows, like, okay, I have to be clear headed and level headed in order to have these dreams and to receive this information. But in the meantime. I'm going to speed mine up a little bit, and you can mm-hmm. talk more about the specifics of yours, um, because shortly after you got sick. Yeah. But I am dreaming. Now I have a tattoo, and I'm running through the woods, the like this jungle, just this thick forest. I don't know how else to describe it. Everything is green, and I'm running through with these men who um, I can see, you know, like from waist up, I can see skin and just full of tattoos just like mine and they're running with me and they're forcing me to go with them and they're trying to protect me from something and they're they're making me run with them and then finally like this is like night after night of running in the woods with them and then finally it stops and when it stops i look at them and before i can even ask why they pointed to my tattoo and when he touched my tattoo my tattoo lit up and it was glowing gold right so here turn. What I what I relayed was that um, the tattoo turning turning gold as they touched it was a confirmation that she is uh, a legitimate owner of that tattoo and, and that she's also part of, of the genealogy. Okay, Scott. Okay, so then I'm I had a dream that I was in the jungle and I came up to an open area. Now you had one that that complements this. Yes, one. I was going to talk um, about that one. So I, I was in the jungle and I had an open area. I could look out and I could see land. I could see uh, uh, the ocean out there. It was a beautiful day, and and I could you know down in the ground where the valley was below where I was at. It was the the ground was sparkling like it had uh, almost like glitter all over it, and uh, or 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 ice or glass or diamonds or whatever. And I heard a a voice that said. Uh, you or Tupu, Tupu Ali'i, Tupu Ali'i. Um, and I couldn't figure that, I couldn't figure it out. So I just, uh, you know, of course I told, told Lopaka and, uh, and come to find out Stephanie had had. Go ahead. 
had had a dream as well. Yeah, you you jumped ahead of me on that one. You mixed two, but we kept having those dreams for a while. We were just standing on a rock. Remember, we were just standing in the middle of the the thick forest, standing on oh, a rock. Oh yeah, yeah. And people yeah. would show up. So this was for like nights on end. Like we would be mm-hmm. standing on this rock, but neither of us have. Has seen each other in our dreams at this point. Right. We're Actually, well, I lied. You saw me in one dream. I, I did <laughs> no. see you in one dream with a rock, yes. Yes, there and, was a rock and involved. And tea leaves. Um, Ropes. Rope. <laughs> 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 I was trying to, I was going to skip over that, but you know, you, you brought it up. Yeah. So. Um, what was that rock called, Lopaka? <laughs> okay, gotcha. So. But it's also a, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> if, I, if I say anything more, I'll be giving a lot away. Okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, so um, we kept staring at these rocks, and like every single night, more and more people would come, but they would just be standing there staring at us, mm-hmm. and um, we didn't really understand what was happening. So, Lopaka, you can take it from here, what, what those two dreams mean. Uh, you know, the, it basically means that um, Scott and Stephanie are supposed to come back uh, from Hawaii to where they're at now and basically spread the word and share about their experiences because they were mentioning earlier in their live video that you know, since they've been here they've uh, their experiences have completely changed the way they look at things especially the way they approach um, investigations and while they were here I, I told them you know, the way we do it is we approach it from a cultural standpoint and a spiritual standpoint before we employ any technology, if that makes any sense. Right, right. Um, okay. Okay, so we're almost there. We're, we're homebound. <laughs> yes, we are. So this is where things get the weirdest. Um, so you had... <coughs> the dream that you just talked about goes along with a, a later one of mine. Yes. Because uh, you had had the dream where you were flying and you saw the weird animals on yes, shore. Yes. And we don't. We still don't know what that is. We don't know what that is. Um, so I go to Florida and I've noticed I have the weirdest dreams when I'm either about to see you or I am with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're in Florida. We're getting ready to do a work conference, and I have a dream. And I tell Opaka about it, and I said an old woman came to me. Um, I still feel like I can't tell a, the exactly what I saw, mm-hmm. um, but... I described the color of her hair and the very specific hairstyle that she had. Um, it was kind of like we were suspended high up in the air. And I said, I'm not sure if we were just hanging out or high on a mountaintop, but it felt like I was just, you know, just suspended in midair. And she kept showing me the similarities between Oahu and Kauai. Um, and everything was in twos. So it was very specific mm-hmm. to the duality of, of these two places. Um, she kept telling me that um, the two islands... Um, mirrored each other there were certain things on the islands that mirrored each other so she would say like twin peaks two volcanoes two hails to this to that and she kept trying to like make me repeat it all over and over again so i would remember it um so you didn't have a dream that night no i did not and i said this one really you know hit hard because i was telling you about it as soon as i woke up and you said hey that sounds exactly like the old woman in my dreams mm-hmm. and like down to like the the very little hairs on her head it sounded exact so that's when we called lopaka and he decided to start telling us the truth <laughs> <laughs> the truth the truth the truth <laughs> let the cat out of the bag right um yeah no uh so essentially um 
you know, the duality, the two, uh, the two hale, the two houses. On Kauai and Oahu, there are the same names in certain locations that have the same purpose. Uh, there's a kealia on Kauai, and there's a kealia here, and it's a place where uh, restless spirits gather to leap into the next world, places like that. So the original name of Kauai is called Kamalayulualeni, or the house of of two royal families. So, long story short, this is Pele, again, in Stephanie's dream, explaining to her about the concept of uh, the cultural and spiritual concept, the wine concept of duality. But it's also, in a way, talking about uh, herself and Scott, you know, and the things, the things they're going to do. And you also had told us, too, that the way that she showed herself to us was not known, not public knowledge, correct? Yes, she never shows herself that way. Never. And the only time she ever shows herself in that fashion, especially in dreams, is only to family members, immediate family. It was her her teaching mode, I guess you would call it? Her teaching mode. And, um, you know, especially um, not the two, two people from, you know, Boston and, you know... <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, in Tennessee, but yet here she is, you know, in a very, very familial setting, uh, communicating, you know, to you in such a way that no one else would ever see her. Only, but only if they were close, closely related, closely tied. So. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you think we're totally nuts? Uh, no, not <laughs> at all. We think we're totally nuts. We're, we think we're totally nuts. Yeah, we're, we, so, we've lost him out. <laughs> we actually had to FaceTime him from a restaurant in Florida to really get a good grasp on that one. Yeah. And we didn't realize that it was going to get weirder and weirder as time went on. So I ended up having another dream. Um, where are you at with your dreams right now? Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. Okay. I think, I think the one that we need to talk about is coming up. I think I had a few in between because this is where you got hit with the flu and you were right. medicated. Well, this is this, these two here. I had the the one night I had the one that said uh, uh, two or you two pu'ali'i, yeah. and I couldn't figure out what that was. And then came back and had another dream where I was in a lava tube. Uh, okay, so we got to wait on those. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 go ahead. I had the dream where I was having a really strange dream, and I remember thinking to myself in my dream, like. Why can't I have another Hawaii dream? I like those better. Pele appeared to me and told me that I will receive once I discuss the last dream. I must mention every single one because each one has its own importance and is part of a sequence. I will continue yeah. to be stuck on one until I talk about it. Once it's discussed, I will receive another. She showed me how I do my readings, and when information flows, I have to trust it and mention it. Otherwise, it doesn't go away until the next information, um, and the next information will not flow until I release the previous information to the person that I'm reading. So mm-hmm. she related it to me in a way that um, makes sense. So she showed me a glimpse of my last dream, and I brushed it off because it was so quick and not as involved in the as the others, but I, I'll come to learn that she's getting quicker and quicker with the, the information that she's showing me. Um, mm-hmm. And um, <coughs> so she told me that I need to discuss it, so I decided to. And in my dream, I was deep in the forest again, and there was a large rock, and Scott was laying on it. I remember seeing um, a lot of skin, like I could see legs, I could see arms, I could see his chest, and he was, you know, completely tattooed. And he had uh, ropes around his wrists, his ankles, and around his head made of tea leaves. 
Um, and at the time I was chanting, um, and I was laying my hands on different parts of his body. And the best way to describe it is it's very similar to how I would do a Reiki healing or a Reiki session. Um, and there were times where I would wave my arms above him. And at the end, I lifted my arms up to the sky again to receive the smoke into the top of my head like I did in a previous dream. Mm-hmm. So, take it away, Lopaka. <laughs> so, essentially, you were having a dream about a, a skill that is only particular to the Pele family. You're having a dream of uh, what we call kupaku, or resuscitating the spirit back into the body of someone who has recently passed away. And so, the reason Scott in the dream has... Um, leaf ropes around his head, his wrist, and his ankles is because <clears throat> when the spirit is resuscitated back into the body, um, we want the complete spirit, so we don't want any, want any uh, residual things that might have attached itself to the spirit, if that makes any sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you know, <laughs> girl from Boston, guy from Tennessee, getting these dreams from, from Pele, who is, you know... Um, According to my mom's teaching, from, from what my mom has passed down to me, and I do not say this in any way to, to brag or boast or, or elevate myself, but according to my, my mom's teachings, we are, we are descended from the Pele clan. <clears throat> and so, you know, again, another confirmation that clearly my, my family guardians are communicating to Scott and Stephanie. So, Scott, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead and sort of speak for you. Um, Scott. Yes has a dream where he's in a lava tube and he's heading toward an opening with, with two guys he can't really uh, quite place. But when they, they get to the opening, it's blocked with these crystal sort of blocks. Is that right, Scott? Yeah, it was, it was lava that blocked the opening, but it turned into red crystals. Red crystals. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Hawaiian woman appears and, and leads you in, in another direction. Yeah, it was, a, it was a woman a woman's voice I heard, and it uh, it was leading me to another direction. It said, uh, Pu'ali'i follow." And yeah. uh, when when the voice came through, the other two that were with me disappeared. Right. So my interpretation was that the two people in the dream were sort of, um, who are, are or are going to be inconsequential to Scott, and that these two guys were actually leading him in a, to toward what he thought was, was the opening but was not, and that's sort of a symbol that they weren't leading him the right way in things uh, in life and, and stuff like that. So the voice of the woman leading him, you know, uh, to the other direction in the lava tube is leading him to the place where he's actually supposed to go. And the fact that the dream is having, uh, is taking place in lava tube is symbolic of, of our culture because Pele is Mother Earth and lava tubes belong to her. So it's almost like Scott has been in the bosom of Pele the whole time. And, you know, she's sort of appeared as a voice to, to lead him in the right direction and not let him be led astray. That makes any sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, All right. then the next night, I have a dream that I came out of the forest for the first time. <laughs> and up to a large cliff, I could see the open ocean everywhere, and Pele was there with me. I had long curly hair and tea leaf ropes around my head, my wrist, and my ankles. I remember feeling winded and tired. I remember yelling out, um, for Scott by using his his Hawaiian name, which was. Do you want to say your own? Um, Iliahi Kikoa. Iliahi Kikoa. Ali. Oh, very good. <laughs> so, we're we're trying here. Yeah. Uh, so I said at one point, 
um, I said the words Akahuna Unai Kelii right afterwards. Or at least that's what it sounded like. Shortly after this, I held my arms up and I let the smoke in again. Um, and I said, I'm still missing pieces, but Pele is super quick-witted and blunt. And at one point, the back of my tongue was burning. And I had a weird taste in my mouth. And I asked her what that was. And she laughed at me and she said, you're not coughing anymore, are you? And I stopped. And I remember at that moment I woke up. And I had, like, my tongue was actually burnt. It it hurt. For a good 24 hours, it hurt. And um, I... I, I didn't know what happened to me. That's the best way to describe it. I had no idea what happened to me. But I realized at that moment that I was actually sleeping. I have not been able to stop coughing, and I have not slept since I left Hawaii. Um, when I tell you guys, like, I ended up having to go to the hospital again and um, because nothing was working. And <coughs> it was really bad. Um, so then I remembered I was coughing a lot more during the day now, but I had been sleeping through the night every single night afterwards. Like, well, what is going on? Why am I coughing more during the day? And I had this this realization hit me that I'm not coughing during my sleep because that's when I receive the messages from her. So she took the cough away during the night, but not during the day. So right. my weird my weird dream, or all the the, the Hawaiian, um, we we need your translation. <laughs> <laughs> um, the you know the dream is actually correct, and in that dream in Hawaiian, you're commanding Scott to to stand. You know, or or to awaken, uh, not only physically but spiritually. And um, okay. this is this is the part where you told me why I was wearing the tea tea leaves around my my head, my ankles, and my wrists. Right, and that was to, I believe, to receive um, what we call ho'ulu or inspiration or divination, but um, but to also protect you, I think, from being overwhelmed. Yes. Oh. Uh, and you told us about your mother's teachings about that. Um, I'm sorry, Scott. Cough, so I oh, lost you damn you! Um, I said you you taught us <laughs> what your mother taught you about wearing the tea leaves in your dreams. Right, right. So we're almost there. <laughs> right, um, but for everybody at home, uh, the reason why is because you need protection, and you can receive yeah. the, the inspiration. Um, but you need the protection because if you don't have the protection during your dreams, you can die. Right? Yeah. If you don't have it in your dreams, you could die, or um, you'll never come back from the dream. Right. Um, And that was also at the same night where Pele was talking to me about the importance and the symbolism of triangles. True. That that was very deep as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we could actually um, have a whole other um, uh, show just just about that alone. To be continued. Um, To be continued. So I had a, a rough night of sleep, um, and in the middle of the constant broken sleep, um, Pele came to me again and, and started saying something to me that sounded like Mauna Loa, um, and also, um, was that the same night? Uh, Mauna Loa and, uh, nope, yep, just Mauna Loa that night. So I did not, yeah. I had no idea what Mauna Loa was. Right. You didn't know that that's one of our volcanoes. Right. You know, and again, <laughs> you know, you're just, you guys are just proving to me that there really is, you know, something very deep and significant to, to your dreams. It's not just anything random. Um, yes, because you told us that Mauna Loa is actually Pele's home. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, everybody says that, you know, she resides in the active volcano Kilauea, but 
really she's she's at Mauna Loa. That's basically where she gets to rest and relax. Um, so I'm going to skip that dream. Um, Let's get to the ones that we need to have. Well, I'm I'm trying to trying to get to the good one. Oh, here's 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 a good one. Um, I'll get through quick. So. <laughs> I was um, visited by Paley again, and she started to tell me about an underground water source that sustains all life for the island. Um, and she showed me how it makes plants grow, provides food, etc. Um, and she actually said she's not too happy with the humans because she said that the resources are provided, they don't respect them. Um, and they will not, until they do, they will not continue to prosper the way that they are. And she also spoke to me about Hanale, which I didn't know was an actual place as well. Um, do you want me to keep going, or do you want to talk about that one no no go ahead okay no, and it's, again it's significant to you having to dream about um, the ones that you haven't told me yet. about the duality of things because Hanalei okay. is also one of her favorite places okay that's so, where she met the love of her life go ahead keep going okay so then um, I started to have dreams about teaching I was standing in front of a group of people sitting on a tiny beach with trees overhead um, palm trees and they were all sitting in the same position listening to me as I spoke. I don't remember what I was talking about, but it felt like they were on a retreat. So the next morning I woke up and I did not have a dream. But I was sitting there talking to you on the phone and playing on my phone. And I looked at the corner of my room and I saw the fireflies. Mm-hmm. And that, right. I, that was the first part that like really freaked me out because I knew I was awake. I was wide awake. I was sitting up. And now I'm seeing the fireflies in Boston. And I'm not in Hawaii anymore. And it was daylight. So that um, that really freaked me out. <laughs> um, let me see if this is the one. Ah, yes. This is where we get weird. So this is where you, haven't, you have not told us what these mean yet. And I'm actually kind of afraid to find out. <laughs> so I see these fireflies. The next night I go to sleep. I wake up. And I actually said, I'm feeling a little crazy this morning. Um... Because my dreams are coming quicker and they're coming more intuitively. And um, I actually think I'm not even sleeping now. I'm just like in an in-between state of awake and asleep. In the visual part of the dream, I was on the beach teaching again. And this time I was waving my arms in like a dancing fashion. And the best way to describe it, um, I mean, like just fluid, like, you know, it wasn't anything specific. Um, but everybody was sitting on the sand like last time and I kept hearing what sounded like Haiyaka. Haiyaka, remember. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I had last night's dream. Do you want me to tell last night's dream too? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Do so, I have to tell mine first that I had the same night? Do you have that one? The Haiyaka? Yeah, you can. Go ahead. The <coughs> the Alaho Ala Mai. Yeah, you, okay. you can. So, so the night <coughs> that Stephanie had that one, uh, so I had a dream that I was... I was somewhere very familiar with, very, I was very familiar with, and there was a, a cave or a, a, a lava tube there, and I crawled down into it, and it was very tiny, but, you know, where I could just barely fit into it. But, uh, and, I mean, I even felt like I was going to be crushed. But then the earth started to shake, uh, around me, and the cave was collapsing. And then there was this, this booming voice that said, Alaho ma'i'i, maka ali'i. I think I, I pronounced that right. Um, so, again, Scott, it's a voice 
telling you, um, Allahu is to awaken anew, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's basically saying to you, Scott, Allahu, you know, so it's saying, you know, um, it's addressing you as a chief who is, is a good chief, who's just, and you have to, to reawaken, you know, awaken anew to what your mission is. And so the fact that you're you're in the lavitude this time and you stand up and, you know, you break out of it. Yes. So that's that's symbolic of, of a new phase of your life that's either already happening, is happening, or is going to happen even more. <laughs> yeah, because in the dream, I, I started to swell up like I was doing a, a push-up or something. I pushed myself up out of the cave. The, the top of the cave or the top of the earth broke open. I stood up. Right. It was sunny. The rain was falling. And I reached down to kind of brush the dirt off of me, but there was no dirt or dust on me. Uh, it was right. almost like I'd never even been in the in the ground. It's what it basically means is you're getting rid of. No, um, whatever your your life was, you know, up until this point, mm-hmm. uh, especially the things you you've done with your shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really powerful symbol that you've you've outgrown certain things and certain people. You know, and that's mm-hmm. really not a negative thing. It's just that you've elevated yourself to a different way of thinking. And so the things that were important to you before no longer are. Because mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a different purpose. And you guys can't see it right now, but I'm, I'm covered in chicken skin. I'm actually kind of starting to choke up. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to tell my last dream before you tell me what Haiyaka means? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, so last night, my dream was um, I came out of the tree lines <coughs> onto a cliff or, or an overhang. I got to the edge, and I was hanging over the crater of a volcano. It was nighttime, and I could see the red-hot lava swirling below me. I looked up to the night sky and saw all the stars, raised my arms up, and allowed the smoke into the top of my head again. At that moment, I wanted to jump in and knew that I had to, but there was no fear. But I woke up right before I jumped. Okay, so are you ready? No, I'm scared. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but we have like five minutes, so. All right, so really quick. Um, it's not John, you know, like a sacrificial virgin, like you have to do it. Uh, because that stuff does not exist in our culture. We didn't sacrifice virgins in the volcano. <laughs> what it actually is, is you're not jumping in. You're actually going home. And so this dream that you have where, you know, this smoke again is coming to your head. And what, the name that's actually being called out is uh, Hiyaka. And so the voices are telling you, Hiyaka, remember. Because Pele has younger sisters who are different. Hiyaka, Hiyaka of the rain, uh, the wind, the ocean. But the one specific Hiyaka is Hiyaka Leia who receives divine inspiration or divination from the clouds or from smoke. And so the reason why it's called Hiyakalehia is because she wears the smoke as a symbolic leg, you know, a garland around her neck. And so, you know, Tanya and I have been talking to you, Scott and Stephanie, about, you know, past lives and how it's really not anything new for the both of you. You've actually, you know, been here before. It's like you guys came home. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, really, there's nothing strange about your dreams. It's just basically um, my guardians. 
telling you that this is who you are, this is what happened before, uh, this is why everything sounds so familiar. So, Stephanie, not only are you being uh, taught and inspired by Pele, but she's looking at you as, as one of her sisters, but specifically the one who divines or does uh, divination by the clouds or by smoke. So that's what that dream is. Um, and the reason I wanted to wait until today is because I was just too freaked out <laughs> when you told me. And I couldn't believe it. And so I, I've been trying to wrap my head around it since you told me. And I, that's why I had to say, you know, we should talk about this on the show. Because right now I'm just, I'm just trying to reconcile all of this. And, you know, this, this for me, uh, being a conversation of myself is just so, it's so profound for me, you guys. And it's just so deep. You know, and I'm actually, uh, I'm actually starting to tear up here because nobody knows these kinds of things. Nobody who's not related to us. <clears throat> and so the both of you are, are different facets of, of this tradition, uh, of my family. Uh, Scott, yourself, you know, being, being a warrior of, of compassion. <clears throat> And Stephanie, you know, yourself almost being like a, you know, a female uh, uh, prophet. Because we had those, and those were the most powerful ones, because they received their messages directly. There was no middleman, you know, and everything they divined came true absolutely 100%. And so, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm already driving to my ghost tour, and I don't know if I can do it, you know, with all... (laughs) My eyes all puffy from tears and my, my nose all runny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure mom packed tissues. Uh, yeah, she did. <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling there's going to be more to this story, Lopaka, and that we'll be talking about this again. But in the final few moments before uh, before we wrap up the show, I tease that connection Yes, between where we live here on the spooky south coast and where you live in Hawaii. And... If I say this name, I'm sure it's going to sound quite familiar to you. Are you familiar with the Dillingham family? Oh, absolutely. And Dillingham's being huge uh, contributors, and uh, one of the Dillingham's was considered the Baron of Hawaii. I mean, there's you, you really can't go anywhere in, in Hawaii without hearing the Dillingham name, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They actually married into royalty. So what's funny is here maybe 20 miles from where we are is the Dillingham house, which is in wow. Sandwich, Massachusetts. It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. actually currently for sale. If anybody has $500,000, they want to give me, I would happily go <laughs> live there and we'll run some ghost tours there. Cause it's haunted. But the, the Dillingham family is from Cape Cod. And when they moved to Hawaii, you know, some of the Dillingham stayed behind, but for the most part, the family all kind of relocated there. And so I yeah. was just randomly, I think it was when I was doing research for, for Haunted Towns or maybe even for, for Ghosts of the South Coast, my first book. But when I'm looking through and I'm looking, oh, you know what it was? I know what it was, Ghost Asylum. Ghost Asylum. They wanted to send you guys to Hawaii, and they asked me to try to find some haunted places in Hawaii. And I'm, I'm looking up, and I'm finding the word Dillingham, and I'm like, there's, there's no chance mm-hmm. that it's connected. Yeah. And then I start looking, and I'm like, oh, my God, it is. It's the actual direct descendants of the same Dillinghams that haunt these locations on Cape Cod 
there are now Dillingham's at Haunt locations on, in, in Hawaii. So oh, that's wow. that's just uh, amazing to me to make that connection across all these thousands of miles. Which is oh, yeah. crazy. I mean, one of the most powerful temples of human sacrifice, uh, the Dillingham's built their house on top of it <laughs> and had problems for years. And then uh, recently, within the past uh, 30 years, they built the... Um, an all-girls private school on top of the old Billingham Estate, which is an old temple of human sacrifice, which is now the most haunted private school on, on the island. So this sounds like we could do a whole other episode just on the Dillingham. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we need to do a whole yeah, other episode, anyways. But well, but first, we just need somebody to give us the 500k so we can buy the Dillingham house so we can broadcast. Can we there. just buy the ones in Hawaii instead? Yeah, hey, I don't know. This one's from the 1600s. Broadcast from the old Billingham Estate. Oh, yes. there we go. Yes, hey, we we'll, can do we'd that. be happy to do so. But, you know, um, we're going to do another episode on this. We have to. We're yes. going back to Hawaii in July for Hawaii Paracon. Check out hawaiiparacon.com. It's run by Lopaka and Tanya. And Kali'i will be there. We will be there. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a whole lot more weirdness that happens from yeah. here on out. Lopaka, I'm going to need a full download after this once you're done with your talk. Yeah, we're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, spread the weird word. Yes. Let everybody know. Thank you for doing this before your tour. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Great talking with you. Love you, too. And, uh, Mr. Weisberg, thank you so much for allowing me on the podcast or the radio broadcast. I appreciate it. Oh, look forward to talking with you again. All right. You guys stay out of trouble. I'll try. (laughs) Have a good tour. Thank you very much for joining us. Aloha. 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 That is uh, Lopaka. And, uh, really, that was a fascinating discussion. I think that uh, people are going to start breaking that down. Expect a lot of emails from the listeners, yeah. I think. I think that's going to happen. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, another interesting show. We're going to be joined next week by Kimberly Don, and uh, she's a psychic. And she's going to be talking with us uh, about what she calls, What the Dark Hopes You Don't Find Out About Ghosts. How darker energy, even demons, use ghosts as a vehicle to cause harm to humans. Okay. So, very interested in hearing about this. Very interested in hearing about her work. You know how I feel about people that say that they do cleansings yes. and they move. So, uh, we'll, we'll get into all of that next week with Spooky South Coast. During the week, if you want to reach out to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com is the way to do so. Please follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, really anywhere you can find people on social media, you'll find Spooky South Coast. Join in with us there, share this, share the show, tell your friends, uh, basically, you know, just help spread the spooky word. That's what we're hoping for. Porter, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully, you know, when you guys go back to Hawaii, you'll get even more answers to this, but uh, I got a feeling that this is going to be... This is this is your life now. <laughs> yeah. This is our weird life. So, but you, I'm this sure is, you wouldn't have it any other way. This is no. not what we were expecting. But uh, until next time, for Matt, for Moniz, who was out sick tonight, for Stephanie, for Porter, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular. <laughs>